This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Kara Hart. Wheat is the story for the grain markets as the week wraps up. The December Minneapolis wheat contract ended Friday over the $10 level. Here's progressive ag marketing market analyst Tom Lilja. We don't hit $10 wheat very often, so the battle is already on for corn, soybean, and wheat acres for next year. It looks like the market is currently signaling that they want more wheat acres, and it looks like they're trying to buy some last-minute winter wheat acres here in both the Kansas City and the Chicago complex. Lilja is getting some flashbacks to the wheat markets of 2007 and 2008. Oh, there was a huge move in wheat. Uh, Europe had a disaster crop, and then we we had some lower production. It wasn't horrible here, but uh, there was a big spike in uh, the wheat complex. We saw Minneapolis futures run up to 20 bucks a bushel. Uh, it happened in the February March time frame. It was a very very volatile move, and there was some speculation that they had just got some guys caught short pushing it to them but it's hard to imagine that something like that could happen again but you can never say never but I guess the overriding consensus is you know hey there's a 10 in front of it uh, can things really get crazy now because it's not you know we're not keeping this lid on $10. Input costs continue to weigh on 2022 acreage decisions. Market analyst Matt Bennett says one of the bigger questions for farmers right now is if they can get a hold of their needed inputs. There's a lot of question marks as to whether we're going to be able to get a hold of anhydrous ammonia in our part of the world next spring. Uh, if we do uh, stay wet uh, through this harvest uh, time frame and we're not able to get fall field work done and anhydrous applied this fall, I'm very concerned about the strain on the system next spring. So I think that what you're probably going to see is December 22 corn stay very strong, if not rally even more to try to quell some of those fears uh, for producers. U.S. fertilizer demand for agriculture is an unknown going into 2022. Stonex Financial Incorporated Director of Fertilizer Josh Linville says there's more volatility to come. You know, you look at the corn market, we continue to expect 91 million acres of corn next year. But there's a solid argument to be made that if corn stays where it's currently priced and fertilizer remains high, we're looking at a situation where we could lose corn acres because there's a lot of acres out there that cannot cash flow next year. They cannot make money. But then all of a sudden, if the corn market loses, you know, drops from 91 to 88, it may come back and say, nope, we got to have these acres and start seeing its price increase to get those acres back. So there's a lot of volatility. There's a lot of stories left to be told. And that's where we're just going to continue to be nimble and look for the opportunities when they arise. Basis is strong in many areas of the country right now. In the Northern Plains, the money farm market analyst, Allison Thompson, sees strong basis at ethanol plants. If you're looking for some cash flow means for this fall, I, I highly recommend taking advantage of those. Um, there, we just don't normally see it, so don't let an opportunity pass you by if you're able to find something that works for you. Definitely at the ethanol plants, and in some cases, you know, for a lot of guys, even that are further away, um, it's definitely paying for your transportation to to get there rather than storing it. So, um, yeah, we're we're recommending if you're if you were wanting to move some stuff here this fall yet, lock it in. And actually, we're seeing some ethanol plants have decent basis all the way through next year. Grain markets are in transition right now, shifting from a supply to demand focused. NDSU Extension Crops Marketing Economist Frank Olson is questioning the import base from China. 
how many bushels of corn and soy is, is trying to really need off the global market? And the second piece is, will that come from the U.S. Uh, supply chain or will it come from the South American supply chain or potentially even the Black Sea supply chain? Cattle on Feed report out on Friday afternoon. We'll have more details on Monday morning. That's a look at markets. This Week in Agriculture, I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. A lot of things have changed over the years since cooperatives first took hold in North Dakota. But one thing that hasn't changed is the spirit of cooperation. For over 90 years, Farmers Union has championed that spirit in the member-owned cooperatives that provide valuable services and products to all North Dakotans. Join Farmers Union in celebrating the cooperative spirit that is alive in our communities and in us all. Because if it's October, it's Co-op Month. When market prices rise and fall, or an important decision is made on Capitol Hill, the first choice for farmers and ranchers is the Red River Farm Network. Trust Don Wick, Randy Conan, Kara Hart, and Megan Overby to deliver the news that impacts your bottom line. Go online to rrfn.com to find your local Red River Farm Network radio station. Podcasts are also available online at rrfn.com, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Your number one source for agriculture information, the Red River Farm Network. With a look at news this week in agriculture, I'm Megan Overby on the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture secretaries from the U.S., Mexico and Canada met in Iowa ahead of the World Food Prize announcement on Thursday. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack talked a lot about a climate-smart agriculture, African swine fever and trade. We, we in the U.S. have just launched our uh, strategic plan for uh, climate change in terms of adaptation and mitigation has multiple parts to it. Uh, part of it was, I think, uh, launched by the president when he initiated the America the Beautiful initiative, which is designed to uh, conserve 30 percent of our, our land and our water. Uh, we began that process by expanding our conservation reserve program, which basically idles land for a period of time, uh, allowing it to, uh, to, to uh, store that carbon uh, over a longer period of time. Uh, and focusing that plan on encouraging climate-smart uh, management of land. The National Cattlemen's Beef Association is pleased that the Cattle Contract Library Act moved through the House Agriculture Committee this past week. Director of Government Affairs and Marketing Regulatory Policy Tanner Beamer explains what the legislation would do if enacted. What this legislation would do is it would direct the Secretary of Agriculture to establish and maintain a library of all of the contracts offered by packers to cattle feeders for the purchase of live cattle. And why that's important is because there's four transaction types that are categorized by USDA when they report information under livestock mandatory reporting. South Dakota Corn has named a new executive director, Danita Murray, who is a Millbank, South Dakota native and former director of public policy for the National Corn Growers Association, will start in the role on December 1st. Murray is familiar with farm policy issues and is currently in Washington, D.C. Uh, reconciliation bill that uh, President Biden uh, is, is pushing here uh, or on the Hill in Washington, D.C. It's certainly on everyone's mind from now through the end of the year and kind of what can be accomplished uh, in, on that front. You know, a slightly longer term and, and also with ties to that, uh, the Build Back Better Act is really, I think, a big issue for South Dakota 
farmers and ranchers coming down the pipe and and folks can love or hate the issue, but I think sustainability and the questions around carbon sequestration and regenerative agriculture, those are are in the, you know, in policy discussions in a very big way out here in Washington, D.C. A Grant County, North Dakota FFA member is a finalist for the American Star Farmer Award. Carson, North Dakota farmer Kurt Mugley farms 1,800 acres of wheat, soybeans, and sunflowers. We started out small. My dad gave me a couple pieces. He was previous planting, so me and my brother both took a couple pieces, and he wanted me to figure out if this was a thing I wanted to do before I got out of high school. So um, then I had the opportunity to rent some more, and been growing since then. Mugley will travel to the National FFA Convention in Indianapolis next week. The National FFA American Star Farmer Award winner will be announced on Friday, October 29th. During their pressure-packed harvest time, it's important to think about farm safety. Bayer U.S. Country Division Head Chris Turner says moving from field to field and on the road is one of the most dangerous parts of harvest. So utilizing hazard lights and signs, having uh, those around the farm help transfer equipment and block roads, those types of things. And probably the biggest thing is just to slow down and take it easy. And that's been a look at news this week in agriculture. For the Red River Farm Network, I'm Megan Overby. North Dakota Durham can be found on the dinner tables of homes and restaurants around the world. Top markets include Italy and Algeria and many smaller markets in the Caribbean, Central America, and Europe. Buyers find U.S. Durham to be some of the best for making pasta with high protein, bright yellow color, and strong bite. Your checkoff investment in U.S. Wheat Associates helped develop these markets and works to sustain them through one-on-one customer service in a highly competitive world market. The Red River Farm Network delivers market information, but it's more than just the numbers. We talk with traders, market analysts, weather forecasters, the people in the know. From Rugby to Benson and Roseau to Aberdeen, the Red River Farm Network covers agriculture. Go online to rrfn.com to find your local Red River Farm Network radio station. Podcasts are also available online at rrfn.com, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. When it's important to your bottom line, you'll get the entire story on the Red River Farm Network. This week in weather, I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. Hard frost and freezes happened this week across the Dakotas and Minnesota. Here's National Weather Service meteorologist Brad Hopkins. We were well past the average date of the first frost freeze. Um, we've, we've had actually a, a nice warm fall, so um, the late growing season with all the, the frost and freeze that we've had, here the uh, last couple of nights, that pretty much puts an end to the growing season. World Weather Incorporated Senior Agriculture Meteorologist Drew Lerner expects tranquil weather to stick around a while. He says winds will start to pick up as we head into this weekend. Out of the southeast, and it'll make it a little bit on the blustery side, 20 to 30 mile an hour winds, some gusts getting upwards close to 40, maybe in a few spots. And that will bring warmer weather, though, back, too. And we'll see the temperatures trying to warm up a little bit. However, another frontal system is expected to evolve across from that part of the region. And we will see another chance for some rain and maybe a little wet snow. This will be on Sunday as the next frontal system moves across the region. I'd say right now maybe 40 or 50 percent coverage will occur. 
in the eastern two-thirds of the Dakotas and in Minnesota with that event. Sunflower harvest continues across the region. National Sunflower Association Executive Director John Sambachan says the hard freeze will push the sunflowers. Well, it just kills the plant and obviously it'll start drying down even faster than what it would naturally and the drought did push that a lot this year with the dry conditions but you know a lot of producers wait for that hard freeze to just really you know make the plant really crisp and, and dry the seeds out and, and start harvesting. Sandbachen thinks North Dakota is closer to 35% done with their sunflower harvest. In Minnesota, about 55% complete. Overall, sunflower quality and yields are positive. Mother Nature is causing an interesting sugar beet harvest this year, starting with very warm temperatures in early October, rain, and then this week, the first freezing temperatures of the season. Yet, Hallock, Minnesota farmer Dan Youngren is surprised with the crop so far. What, the, what this crop has survived on all summer, I will never know. Uh, there, there's some, some pool of water down below that they've tapped into. Um, very pleasantly surprised of uh, what we're taking out of the fields uh, and, and very happy for, for uh, hopefully putting a period on a, on a tough year for everybody as far as the drought. It's nice to end on a good, uh, on a good note. So hopefully Mother Nature will uh, play nice and let us take this all the way home. The Mendec Farmers Cooperative Vice President of Agriculture and Research Mike Metzger says it's been hard to hit the stride this year. Mother Nature just bless her heart. She won't give us 24 hours in a row uh, to put beets in the ground. Uh, between rain and, and certainly the heat, that's what's been the, the biggest impact. And now it looks like this week we're going to get a little frost. We've hit the trifecta. And the National Weather Service confirms La Nina weather is back for a second straight year. Here's USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey. That means that we do expect to see a very active northern storm track during the cold season of 2021-2022. A La Nina can sometimes be associated with colder winters in the northern plains. Brazil Intel ag consultant Corey Melby says compared to last year, Brazil's corn planting is getting off to a phenomenal start. There's likely an increase in corn acres for the first crop, but the second crop acreage is unknown right now, mostly due to supply chain issues. Brazil's soybean planting is also underway, estimated at 22% complete. Planting in Argentina is going well, too. La Nina is the big unknown for this year in South America. It will be January before we know what that means for South America's crop. If La Nina is going to be an issue, it will be a late season issue bleeding into the second crop in Brazil. Uh, but for now, nothing to worry about. That's a look at this week in weather. I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. Sarkov's relief spot has been a challenge for sugar beet growers for years. I'm John Samdahl, sales manager with Beta Seed, and I know firsthand the impact Sarkospra has on our growers and their bottom line. That's why I'm excited about a new ally in the battle against Sarkospra. It's a new trait called CR Plus that balances disease tolerance with yields in a way no previous technology has. 60 years in the making, there's innovation bred into every seed. CR Plus is available, pending approval, in select beta seed varieties in our American Crystal Market for the 2022 growing season. Beta Seed, breeding confidence. Keep up to date on this year's harvest here on the Red River Farm Network. Listen to Harvest Hotline Monday through Friday at 1237. Sponsored by Ag Country Farm Credit Services. Beta Seed, and Pivot Bio. We'll talk with custom combiners, elevator managers, agronomists, and farmers about harvest progress, yields, and quality. Harvest Hotline, a daily feature on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business.